hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Two uh, guys walk into a liquor store to rob it, and um, one guy picks up a bottle, and he shows it to him, and he goes, isn't this whiskey? And he goes, yeah, but not as whiskey as robbing a bank. Today is Monday, May 10th, 2021. Welcome to episode 20 of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast, where we like our whiskey like we like our marriages on the rocks, where we love to get out in the hunting woods and explore tracks as long as we don't get by the train. And we realize that if you don't <laughs> succeed, destroy all evidence that you tried. Thank you for joining us on this new exploration and conversation of all things that encompass the world that is whiskey and whitetails. We are your hosts. I'm Matt. I'm Gus. And this episode is brought to you by... WhiskeyandWhitetails.com, where their mission is to embrace the time-honored traditions of fellowship and celebration that surround the outdoors and your favorite whiskey. Browse around their site to see a plethora of knowledge and products that will help you elevate an old-time favorite to a new cherished experience. Use code PODCAST to get 20% off your next order. <sighs> all one breath, that was impressive. <laughs> I don't know if it there. was all one, but it was close. <laughs> and this episode is powered by Smooth Ambler, Old Scout Rye, Single Barrel. Yes. Cask strength coming in at uh, age four years, 60.1% alcohol by volume. Which is a little over 120 per Mm-mm. 112. This is from barrel number 16920, bottled by, uh, we were discussing this earlier, dr- dr- drama? Dra- drama? Do the drama or Diana? Diana. Diana? I don't know, but somebody, thank you for bottling this, whoever you are. What's your pronoun? Hmm. Check my bio, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we need a bottle pop for this. Is yeah, this how we fresh. do? Fresh. Ah, not bad. It won't get better than that. I had a little tingy. Yeah, it was right at the end of there. Like I don't know if that was all. Pump. Yeah. So, tell me about. Uh, have you had this before? 
Yes, last year when it came out, and then um, I guess it's out again. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a year. I like well, it. I'm looking forward to it. I still can't <sighs> smell anything. I should be able to taste it, though. But no smell. Trying to do this without spilling everything all over our new equipment. Yes, brand new road. Cheers to uh, one more piece to the eventual studio puzzle. Yes, cheers <laughs> to that. I can actually smell rubbing alcohol, and that's it. Well, that's, that's a good start. It's better than, uh, what was it, uh, vinegar? Vinegar, yeah. What do you smell? I smell vanilla and, like, caramel or butterscotch. So it's like a, it smells like whiskey. I got, I got confused. I went to I went to talking to the microphone, and I smelled it. I sniffed it instead. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely all I have is... Uh, that's good that I can smell something. Though. Yeah, it is good. It's good it's coming back. There is a like a um, a there's a floral at the very end of it. It's almost a uh, like it make it reminds me of like summertime, like dandelions or uh, like small flowers. I don't know why, but probably the rye, maybe so. But I'm gonna taste it now. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can taste it. It tastes floral. I can get I get some. That's all I taste is maybe like juicy fruit, which is weird. I'm sure it doesn't taste like juicy fruit. No, it doesn't taste like juicy fruit at all. That's what I'm getting. It does, unlike some of the other really like higher proof stuff in the 120 range. This drinks a lot more like it. Um, it's all you know. You take the higher proof and combination of the the spiciness that sort of organically comes with some rise. Yeah, um, and it uh, it's a little aggressive on the palate at first, but I think I remember it being um, strong. But I could see how after a couple of these, this would be very enjoyable. Not that it's not enjoyable now. Just it, like one of those whiskeys that gets nicer the the longer you sip on it. I actually don't mind it. I think it, it might be just because it's the first time I've really tasted something in a while. Like 14 days. <laughs> uh, hmm, not bad. Today's topic, boys and girls. Gather around. Us two white guys, uh, middle class white guys from South Carolina are going to teach you about prejudice. And you see what you just did there? You just judged us. You just prejudged us because you didn't give me a time to explain. Prejudice means to prejudge something. The definition is a liking or dislike for one rather than the other, especially without good reason. And what does that mean for us? Let's start with uh, hunting this time. We're going to start with hunting. Yes. And what's a better way to say prejudice? Because uh, people assume prejudice is preconceived a notion. Thing. Yeah, preconceived notions. A prejudice? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I had all my, my whiskey notes on top, so I got to go to the bottom of my stack. Yeah, we always start. I figured we'd mix it up some. You see this, by the way? Yeah, I see your knees skinned up there. Yeah, and so you know where that came from? It, don't answer. I'll answer for you. It came from a little something you know nothing about called combat sports. And never mind the 22 years you spent playing hockey. This is a little different. This was done inside of a cage. A baseball diamond. A baseball diamond. Same but thing. There's a cage. There's fans. There's, yep. pe- there's people. Kickball. That is a kickball injury you're seeing there. Does it hurt? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad we have sounds now. Any, any idea? Yeah, I can hold up to like 16 on here. So anytime. We should you- run through them real quick. Just. Just to just to just to know it. it just to know what they are. Well, I threw this one on here only because I had it on the computer, and I'm not sure we'd be able to use it live. But it's just like a an, an edit beep. Nice. 
Can you hold it down and it beeps? No, no, um, no. You can actually, but you can set um, in the computer. There's an app that comes with this, and you hook it up to your computer and open up the app, and you can change the playback type. So I could play one to loop and keep playing it over and over again. Um, be good if you can get a that. long one, so I could be like, I got something to say here, and you just hit the beep, and I just rant. Yeah, we could. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> what else we got? And then cut off at like I could do that in post though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like whenever you get really deep into whiskey like into the little sciencey stuff and some of our, it goes over some of our listeners head. We can just nice crickets. I like it. <laughs> that's a, that's a long one. It's like 12 seconds, but I just press it and it comes off. Oh. Uh, when you, when you tell your funny jokes. Yeah. Oh, he didn't say it about my uh, marriage on the rocks joke. Well, I didn't want to mess up our intro. I was, I, I was a little hesitant about pushing the buttons, man. It's our first time using this thing. I was um, really excited about that joke. It's not true. Neither of our marriages on the rocks. I just thought it was funny. They are not. There you go. For awesome husbands. Yes, we're good. Nice <laughs> applause. It's good. And I know that we have. Ah, uh, yeah. Crack myself up. Yep, that's good. <laughs> this podcast. It's on front of a live shit. audience, ladies and gentlemen, live audience. But my favorite one, uh, our product announcement. Yeah. No more uh, plan from YouTube. From we phone. stepped it up a bit with yep. our nice new. What is this thing called? A mixer. Yeah, you call it a mixer. It's called a, uh, it's it's the Rode, uh, Rodecaster Pro. And so it's a mixer and a soundboard uh, and a pre, sort of a, um, what do you call it? A, like a audio processing stuff yeah. all into one. So like for a big studio, you might buy all those pieces of equipment separately if you're mm-hmm. doing like, you know, studio label quality recording. And you would have, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment. This takes all those things, core things that you really need to do a podcast well and to do multiple types, live streaming, video, all that stuff, and it puts it all into one. And it's all you need to do those things and and really nothing extra. And the reason I went with this one is because they, um, the audio for cameras, when we decided to start incorporating cameras, uh, the the bit rate and and all the stuff in terms of the quality of the audio will be as good as it is for for our microphones nice. um, so that the audio quality is because sometimes with cameras you don't get as good of quality it's why big productions always have external you know microphones so that kind of thing it's not big but it's like nine times bigger than the other setup yeah the other thing is definitely made for mobile I mean it's a for being, you know, for being mobile, and we're going to keep it because, you know, in the event, eventually I would like to have a studio set up that never leaves the studio with yeah. this stuff here, and I would like to invest in the broadcast microphones, yeah. the headphones, so that we could pack those, a couple of XLRs, and that that Zoom recorder. Yeah. And that's all you would need. You wouldn't need to plug anything in. Everything would run from the Zoom itself, um, and that could that could fit in one small bag for actual hunting trips or anything where we need to be super remote. We should give away a spot on the uh, on the soundboard. So, like a customer, uh, like y'all, thank y'all for your support because um, that's how we bought this. That is true. We uh, we we are not able to grow this company and upgrade things and slowly, you know, make that growth and climb um, to where we want to be without your support. Whether it's just listening to the podcast or liking well, a, a picture or buying. Well, I meant monetary, like purchases. <laughs> Well, but when it, you buy stuff, it, sure. it goes towards us growing the company. It's not going towards yeah. steak dinners. Well, yeah, no, was, no, we didn't eat steak. We did go to dinner one time on the company. But. Yeah, I had nachos and I yeah. think grits and I think, shrimp and grits. Yeah, I don't think we had anything fancy. No, um, 
but yeah, Matt's absolutely right. You know, right now our focus is we're fortunate to have decent nine to five jobs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, so that gives us, affords us the opportunity to just take any money we make and put it back into the company, which allows us to improve what we make, improve what we, the content we produce. Yeah. We're building an empire and you're here in the, uh, not beginning, but closer to the beginning than the end. When we, yeah, when we look back on this, we'll, we'll look, we'll look at this as the, the beginning, I think. And we'll remember who was there and who wasn't. And who's, uh, yeah, we'll remember. <laughs> so if you're not there, you're missing out. If you are there, stick around. Thanks for being there. Yeah, for sure. Cheers to you. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so that's all of our fun sounds. Well, I'm glad we did that. And yeah, now, now that we went way off track, now that we took 295 um, around Richmond and are back on 95. Yes. Um, Preconceived notions, preconceived ideas. Getting ready to sit in traffic. Prejudices, whatever you want to call it, about hunting and whiskey. Yeah. We're going to talk about hunting first. Hunting first. I think there's, I think, uh, I think the preconceived ideas about hunting are pretty well known, right? Um, some of the ones that I wrote down that I, you know, or some of my, I don't want to call them favorites, but the ones I hear often um, and it kind of frustrate me the most would be, um, do you need to move your microphone? I have a cool new feature that I can mute your microphone in real time. Yeah. Go ahead, and I'm going to keep talking, and none of that extra noise, well, most of it. I'm sure someone heard that. But the bumping of the microphone and all that stuff that usually gets captured in the print, uh, no longer an issue. And when you're ready, give me a thumbs up, and I'll turn your microphone back on. And... Good to go. And I'm back. Welcome back. Look at that. He, no never really, weird he never really left, though, is the thing. He's no, I had to get up. He's been here all along. I lost something important. Um, so, okay. So, so, so the first one is uh, hunting isn't fair. Uh, it's only, it'll only be fair when uh, animals have guns or it's an unfair <laughs> advantage. Uh, any flavor of that one. What I do like you think? that one. You like that one? Um, I don't know. I'm more worried about, <clears throat> you know, the, way, the direction I was going to go with that, I, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to go that direction. Okay. Um, I was going to go in the direction of deer have antlers and they could stab, you know, stab you, but they don't really. So never mind that. Um, no, but go ahead. But alligator hunting, those things. Um, I just went down a rabbit hole with somebody the other day about gator hunting. I put in for the tag. Yeah. And, um, and I found, I know where they are now and um, like video proof of where they are now. But uh, the guy that was teaching me about it was saying that, about six feet is about the number. So over six feet, you're potentially in danger of being killed. Under six feet, they'll probably break a leg or something like that. Not a big deal. But, for instance, alligator hunting, it's a tag that you apply for. You get it. If you go out and um, hook one of these things with a treble hook and then pull it to the shore, you can't shoot it. You can't dispatch it until it's on the shoreline. Right. So oh, you can't? Right. Oh, I didn't know that. If you're in a boat, it has to pull up to the boat. If you're not in a boat and you pull it to the shoreline, that's when you can dispatch it. Whoa. Um, so that's pretty damn close, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he was saying that he uses a, uh, you know those um, hammer, those hammers, the slide hammer? Yes. He basically has the spear slide hammer. What? Yeah, and he'll uh, kind of like put it on the alligator's head and slide the hammer down. That sounds gnarly. Yeah, but he was like, he's got videos of them things whipping that tail around and yeah, and uh, getting real close. They're to extremely powerful. <clears throat> but as 
far as hunting goes, um, and preconceived, it's not fair. If you're a vegan, I'll let you have that. If you're uh, not a vegan, if you eat meat, you know, yeah, shut up. Well, it's so my, my thing is that it's not. I think the idea stems from people believing that hunting is as easy as walking in the woods and oh, just shooting yeah. shooting the animal when they come sure. out. That is a preconceived notion that people have. Um, and can are there places on Earth where that's the case, where you could just walk out into an area with a weapon and kill an animal? Sure, hundred percent. And I think those that might be those people that they look on their back porch and there's fifteen deer in their backyard, right? And, and that may be the case, but. Most people hunt where most people hunt. Um, you're hunting wild animals whose entire job is to survive and reproduce. Yeah, it's an that's all they do. That's that's their whole purpose. That's how they have. Um, damn words escaped me. Uh, not grown, but evolved. Evolved. Thank you, man. Yeah, um, yeah. They exist today because they're good at not being. Well, they've, yeah, they've evolved and spent millions of years evolving skills to not die. Yep. And those of you that have Bambi in the backyard, the reason they're there is because they know it's safe. Yeah. You go out there one day with thirty out of six and drop one, they won't come back tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Then they may come back the next week. Yeah. But you start to do that a lot, a lot. They ain't gonna come back. Not gonna come back. So. When we hunt public land, when we hunt other areas where we hunt on a regular basis, uh, those deer are understanding of that. So, yes, do I have an advantage in that, depending on the weapon, I can shoot an animal from 100 yards away? Sure, you could, but I still have to make sure that I don't get seen. I have to make sure I don't, I'm not smelled by them and that they don't hear me. And those three senses on most wildlife are hundreds and sometimes thousands of times more powerful than the human. Right. Uh, we walk loudly on two feet. We, we have body odor that, and we like perfumes and things that smell. So we make ourselves generally more easy to detect. Yeah. So you have to, you have to get by all of those natural defenses that animals have. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, always on alert. They're keenly aware of their surroundings. They have millions of years of evolution built into their eyesight and their smell and their hearing that have allowed them to survive and evade predators far more lethal and dangerous yeah. than me. Yep. And that's actually a lot of preconceived notions there that that topic covers. That yeah. it's easy, that anyone, I mean, I almost said anyone could do it. Anyone can do it, but... The fact that it's easy, hunting's easy, or you're killing defenseless animals. They may not be armed with weapons, but they have defenses yeah. you know, that we don't if, have. If hunting was easy, then the people who hunt regularly would be bored of it. Yeah, that's true. With the with the select They few, wouldn't still be out there on select the Select few people day. <laughs> who, re, who rely on it solely for food, or people who just get a weird enjoyment out of killing things. Um, but that's another preconceived notion I didn't even write, but that hunters enjoy killing stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't find any particular pleasure out of that last step in no. the in the kill chain. I enjoy um, everything up to the final piece, and then um, right. after that, I, I get back to I enjoy skinning and preparing and cooking. Yeah, so it, it I I don't enjoy or find any particular thrill um, or or pleasure in taking the life of another another being another another being. creature, but that has been a part of life for as long as life has existed. Yep. 
And if kill or be killed, you and I have talked about this before. If I'm going to be uh, someone who eats meat and I have no problem buying meat from a grocery store, uh, then I enjoy the outdoors and I enjoy hunting and will use that opportunity to put meat on my table, my family's table and have that blood and that burden of processing and taking a life on my own hands to whatever extent I can. Uh, so that's why when Matt said earlier that if you if you do eat meat and you have this attitude towards hunting, then you probably need to reevaluate some things about yourself. I think I said shut up, but you can they can shut up or but reevaluate yourself, or they can you. off. And, hey, nice, uh, nice. It, it works if I know I'm going to say something. <laughs> we we both need a button. Yeah, but um, yeah. I just I just think it's a silly preconceived notion. I think it's based in, in ignorance, and I think that's where as hunters we need to do a better job of. Educating people when yep. we can. Um, people are more receptive to those discussions than um, I thought previously. I've I've learned over the years, uh, but there are, you also have to learn when you're go- when you're in an argument with someone whose mind you're not going to change. Yep. And there are people who are like violently, uh, very aggressively, passionately. Yep. Um, I know someone like that. You know, on a certain opinion about hunting, and those are people that you're just going to have to kind of bow to and say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You, you're right. you, you, you can win. have it. You can have it. I, it's, you can have it. It's, it's just not, not worth it. It's not worth it. No, there's more, there's for every one person that is mine. You can't change. There's 10 people out there that, that you can yep. so maybe not change their mind, but at least give them a second look. Yeah. So there's no reason to, to waste time on it. It's, um, but yeah, so what else? Well, let's uh, go back and forth. Let's do a whiskey one now. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I was going to do uh brand names was the first one I wrote for preconceived notions. And what about brand names? So the reason that we do our tastings blind when we do these tasting classes is because if I walk in there with a bottle of Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, and Wild Turkey, they're going to be like, why did I pay to do this? Because they're not going to give me a chance. They're going to prejudge me and that I don't know what I'm talking about because I brought things that you can get on. That's usually that bottom shelf. Air quotes, cheap. <clears throat> yeah. They're, uh, it's house liquor is, is what I've brought. But um, when you remove that label, they now listen to you because they don't know what's in that bottle. And so you have the chance to teach them about whiskey and the history of whiskey and the history of a distillery. And they actually get to taste open-minded. Oh, I know what Jack Daniels tastes like. I've had it before. I know what Jim Beam tastes like. I've had it before. Well, when you remove the label, um, you give them an option to taste. And right. it could be one of many, many things. And most people have had those, but they've taken a shot. Yeah, threw it in some Jim Beam and something, Or they've, they've mixed yeah. it with something. So... It's an entirely different experience whenever you take the time to actually taste it. Yep, and that was when uh that was when I had the idea for this. This was that was the reason why it was after we did that tasting. Yeah. And I was like, it would have gone completely differently if yeah. we had just put the bottles out and be like, "This yep. is Jim Beam." You know, everybody be like, "Great." <laughs> so that actually plays into another whiskey one that I I think I'll bring up now because it's short enough and and relatable enough, and that is that. Um, Whatever is in that mid or top shelf is better. Is the is best. You know, it's the better whiskey. It's higher quality. Um, yeah. And that w- positioning on a shelf is as much a part of how much money that distiller is paying distributors to push their product and market. There's a reason why when you look on the shelf, there's a half a dozen different types of Jack Daniels. And then for the flagship brand, there's every conceivable size bottle you can imagine. Yeah. Cause it's a huge company and they're a marketing powerhouse, but there's also whiskeys that in my opinion are twice as good 
that are sitting on the bottom shelf sometimes. Well, there's a that's the preconceived notion is that you you assume top shelf is top shelf, right? And um, I can't tell you how many I never start at the top. Nope. I usually start at the bottom because stuff on the top shelf they don't want to reach up there and replace it all the time. Yeah. So it's going to be stuff that they have plenty of. Sure. And then things at the bottom they know people don't look down there, and sometimes they'll put the gems down there because when it runs out, it's just an empty bottom shelf. It's yeah. not an empty top shelf. Yeah. Because the consumer will gravitate towards the higher shelves. Right, right. It's um, at eye level. It's easier to see. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a convenience thing. There's all kinds of interesting science uh, behind marketing and oh, placement sure. and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so let's do another hunting one. Uh, I had stalk stalking or stand hunting. People that stand hunt think stalking's... That's a waste of time. You're going to scare them away. And then oh, people yeah. that stalked are like, you're not a good enough hunter to stalk. Yeah. I mean, it's to each his own. It's kind of it's kind of the uh, same with the archery versus rifle or firearms. Yeah, that, I had that on there as well, archery um, versus rifle. I think that there is a time and a place for for either of them. Right. And, 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 and for whichever type of game you're hunting. But you try to tell an archery hunter to grab a shotgun and go walk a tree line, he'll think you're crazy. Yeah, they might. You know, if, if you ask me to hunt in any which way, unless it's, like ethically against what I believe is right with hunting wild game, I'll probably do it just yeah. because it's an excuse to get out and do something Yep, and be in the woods. Uh, that being said, like when it's 98 degrees outside in, in September the in the shade and the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the humidity is 80 something percent sitting in a tree stand sounds a lot better than walking through the woods. Yeah, for sure. That being said, stalking in snow where I can see tracks and I don't freeze for four hours also sounds more fun. So I mean, yeah, it just yeah. take each each scenario uh, with with what it is. I, I I know people who only you know primarily bow hunt with a recurve and they don't sit in a tree stand. They only spot and stalk. Um, it's like okay, man, that's cool. But I mean, the Indians did it for sure millennia. Right, but I hate the idea of talking down about or to people who hunt one way or another. Uh, we've also discussed this on another podcast. I don't remember which one it was, but just the idea that uh, I think it was the the podcast with Matt Livingston that as a as a hunting community, we don't do a good enough job to include everybody. No. Like if I hunt with traditional archery equipment and you hunt with a crossbow, I don't need to be talking down to you because I think what you do is well, is infer- inferior. Right, like we need as many hunters and outdoorsmen. Right buying licenses, contributing to conservation and all those things as possible because the numbers are dwindling. Um, so there's no, there's really no reason for anybody to be talking um, negatively about another hunter yeah, because they the, choose uh, a different means of take. Other side of being prejudiced is being equal opportunity. So, so just the opposite. Yeah. So yeah. you should always, you should be an equal opportunity hunter and whiskey drinker. You should just do it. Except that's everyone we, for who we they should, are. We should, we should put that as part of our, like our tagline. Equal yeah. opportunity drinkers of uh, whiskey drinkers and hunters, or I don't know, figure yeah. out a, can a, a creative way to say it, but yeah, we like it all. Equal opportunity hunter, that'd be a cool shirt. Yeah, or equal opportunity drinker, that'd be a good, even better shirt. Or we do both. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just made it, we just we just made it official. It's gonna it's yeah. coming. New product alert. <laughs> equal opportunity drinker. It's on the way. Uh, Dude, I was looking at a um, a video on on the television, and they had a um, the barrel whiskey barrel coffee was on there, which 
we've been trying to get one nation to do for a while, but is what it is. Um, are they waiting on something from no, us? Uh, no, they're just, did you give them the char? It's still in my garage, and I've, I've probably waiting on that. Been forgetting about it ever since. And even when I went there two days ago, so good. that's my fault. I will, uh, I will shoot one of them a message and see when they're going to be at the shop. Yeah, or that. just bring it up there. What's the guy's name that's always there? It's like uh, Bill, or I don't, know. I don't know. I should know. I can. Just, I'll just bring it up there to him one day. Yeah, but the um, they had it on the bag. They had like how aged it was <clears throat> from like it'd be like a light roast to dark roast, but that's not what it was. It was like. It was like hint of whiskey, and then like this tastes like whiskey. Shot of whiskey. Yeah. So the scale that they used, they had a dram. Yeah, I saw that sliding. Scale. Oh, did you see this on? Uh, yes. Th- th- that that show. Yeah, I I did too, and it was it made me like you know, a little angry. Uh, yeah. Good idea. Yeah. But we could do better. Maybe. I think we can uh, use a whiskey bottle instead of. <laughs> nah. Yeah. That's like, assuming know. one nation even wants to do it. Yeah, they might not. Who knows. Yeah, it's a good idea though. If they don't want to do it, I'm sure there's another coffee company that will. Just kidding, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, so the, uh, the, uh, I, I got a whiskey one. Oh, go um, Canadian whiskey. Preconceived notions that it sucks. Yeah, it's trash. It is trash. It does suck. And we're here to tell you, it's, it's not a preconceived quality. notion. It it's is a true. fact. Yeah, this one's a fact. <laughs> this is a trick question. That is not a preconceived notion. Canadian whiskey is trash. No, we can't say that because I bet in a blind taste. That's something we should do. We should throw some Canadian whiskey. When I wrote it down, I was like, next blind taste. Yeah, throw one in there. Yep. Yeah, you might. people might surprise themselves again by... Well, like ha- that caribou. Caribou is supposed to be the Canadian blends. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I think it's just because the bottle has a caribou on it. Okay. It, like, Instead a, of a horse? Yeah. H- horse. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't have much else to say about... Canadian whiskey other than I have drank a lot of Crown in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of Crown. I went through a Crown and Cranberry phase. Crown and Cranberry? Yeah, Interesting. It's good. Never, never had that? No. I've never mixed whiskey with Cranberry ever. Really? Crown and Cranberry was like my jam. That's how, when I was trying to join the Army and I, was, and I was drinking all that beer and Mountain Dew, <laughs> I switched to fruit juice and uh, Crown and Cranberry, which is probably just as much sugar. I was going to say, that's... That's a it's a nice change for the palate, but I'm not sure you did well, I mean, much for ten years ago. <laughs> this was eleven years ago I joined the army. Eleven years ago. Um I didn't know anything about sugar. I just knew that Mountain Dew was bad. I didn't know it was the sugar that was bad. Yeah. You've grown up so much. That's crazy. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Ten ten or eleven years ago. Um the only other hunting one I I know you have more. I have, I have a few, yeah. The only other hunting one I wrote down was uh preconceived notion that if you don't take care of your scent you won't kill a deer which we've talked about this before yeah so i don't really want to no we have to discuss it i just want to bring it up i think that i i think that scent can be important but i think you can also you can also focus on other variables and less on your scent and still be successful like you can focus on your entry and exit in wind direction and smoke cigarettes and drink liquor if you wanted to not that we condone that at all but the point being you could Stink up a tree stand and still yeah. kill a deer. So, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, We've beaten that horse to death, I think. Yeah, more than once. I got some. I got some fun ones for hunting, and I and I downloaded them because they're talked a lot about at in the circle that we hunt in. Yeah, and so I always find it interesting to hear what people have to say based on their experiences and actually being in the field and killing deer and actually having success with it. But then hearing 
biologists and people who also hunt but then look at things and do in-depth research have different or sometimes contradicting uh, guidance. And this one is about the full moon. Yeah. So uh, basically it's, it goes, it, it basically explains there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of events in the wild that take place around a full moon. Um, like werewolves. Right. So we all know that werewolves don't come out unless there's a full moon. A full moon. So yeah. if you have a friend who's always blowing you off when there's a full moon, he's a werewolf. Send, you know, tends to not socialize much during those time periods. It's hairier than normal. There, there may be a little suspect. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. But this one in particular is actually with re- related to um, the f- a full moon having an effect on the rut. So basically, how inclined or how active deer are going to be in bre- with in breeding activity. Right, as hunters. Yeah. We tend to target that time for, especially for bucks, because they are out of their mind with white tail the on rut. their mind yeah. and making stupid decisions out during daylight more Running than usual. in front of cars. Doing all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. Uh, this particular uh, biologist, his name is Lan Wilf from the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks Deer Program, said that it's not the case. Um, said multiple studies have been done and they did, that they don't correlate, but he said it's the photo period. That matters, which is the length of the day. Yeah. And that that's what actually dictates when the rut starts uh, because the length of the day tells them fall is coming, you know, and they can sense all the things. And I've said that, yeah. I've said that before, that theory. Right. But you have more. Well, what people, what he goes on to say is that it doesn't affect the rut. The the rut starts when it starts based on photo period, but what Uh. a full moon will do is have an effect on how deer choose to move that day or that evening. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I know you have said, you know, full moon tonight when you were working at Cordray's and you would have a ton of deer come in, a bunch of bucks or whatever on a full moon, and people are like, oh, it's full moon tonight. That's why. I was thinking if enough people believe that, then there's just more people in the woods on a full moon. Thus, more people are killing deer. Well, like in my uh, expert <laughs> experience, which that's a joke. Um, <clears throat> the first night of a full moon, maybe, but after that, like the deer are up all night long, running around. Yeah, and it's just um, I haven't found good hunting around full moons. Well, deer tend, deer tend to come out. Um, there's a name for animals that do this, and I always forget it. But they they come out more during that last light period and when you have a full moon the point at which that is yeah it's extended it, ex- it extends yeah to a point to where it's still s- enough light with the full moon out that they may not come out for hours after legal shooting light right so um and then if they were if it's like you mentioned if it's the second day of that phase and there was a full moon last night they've been up all night eating and they're sleeping probably during the day but even the night before a full night, a full moon, it's going to be pretty bright. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. That's it. I don't, I don't know. know. That's I, don't I know. think I like your theory more that uh, there's more hunters out because people believe it. Yeah. Um, but we know a lot of people that hunt based off moon purely. Yeah, a lot of people. And, and they see they see success sometimes. So, I mean, yeah. it's, I don't know. It, it says that. Um, Debatable. Like I said, it, it does factor into deer movement, but not the rut specifically. Yeah. Um, and that he said. Uh, Let's see, even though uh, he believes the full moon does alter deer movement, he said that food availability 
hunting pressure and weather have greater impacts. I agree with that. I, I agree with that as well. So, so maybe in a perfect scenario where, where you hunt five times a year, you do one on a full moon, one, right. You know, right at the new moon and one in the full dark, whatever it's called the waxing gibbous. Um, yeah. Maybe that would be a, I don't know. That's impossible to, uh, I'm sure somebody could somewhere that has more time yeah, than probably. us. I don't know. Figure out a way to do it. But yeah, I think it's definitely a preconceived notion that hunting is better or worse on a on a full moon. I think it's um, it may not have anything to do with anything. Yeah. I think it's just more. I think it's just there's just more to it than that. It's just not as it's not as easy yeah. as oh full moon. Kill I agree deer. with you. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I agree with you. The only thing on the moon that I've heard that I kind of sort of believe is the direction of the moon um, directly above or below, which could be the moon's on the other side of the Earth, but something about a gravitational pull that causes the desire to eat. Um, weird i've never heard that that's the only thing that i've ever read that was like eh, if it can uh, affect the tides surely it's affecting the water in your stomach maybe i don't know just a thought no idea but i, I thought it that said, is, it's weird to think about it had more um validity in my brain than just there's light out you know yeah well, but even then that was a time so it may not be shooting light maybe six o'clock p.m that is the the moon is directly above where you're hunting. Yeah. So 6 p.m. would be the time to be in the stand. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. Something to explore. Do you have any more whiskey ones? I have several pages of whiskey stuff, so. Yeah, you do yours because I feel like I've already talked about all mine in some fashion. Yeah, let's see if I have anything in here that we haven't really discussed at length before. Like the because... ones I said was rye or scotch or Irish whiskey or, like, if you don't drink scotch. Um, and then I thought about the whole, oh, I've <laughs> had... All right, so I had like a, you know that, this wasn't one, this was just a thought that, well, the thought that I had was the ice. Don't put ice in your stuff. But oh, yeah. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But the joke that I thought was those TikTok videos where it's like, tell me that you are a whiskey snob without, without tell, telling yeah, me yeah, yeah. you're a whiskey snob. So I thought about doing that and then just have a, like, I walk up and pour a whiskey and there's like a stuffed penguin and I grab the penguin and throw it across the room and say, fuck ice. <laughs> You should, we should do things like that. Those would be funny little videos to do. Because like a whiskey snob would be like, ah, <laughs> yeah, he's right. <laughs> yeah. There's a but bunch of only whiskey people would get that. Like, yeah. No, but I mean, that's, yeah, that's the point of the Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can I get that, uh, that laughter button? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. There we go. It's a good one. <laughs> so I'll get better at this. <laughs> yeah. I promise. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like that it dies off. Uh, uh, that? Okay. <laughs> that was better than I thought it was. These are going to be fun. Yeah. Um, Next. So let's see. I have, um, you did a whiskey one just now, right? No. I, I think I just told you the ones that I had left. Oh, that's right. One. Okay. Yeah. So, um, all right. Some of those we can talk about in a minute. Some of these were, so we already talked about, all these, oh, we could talk about, this is always fun, is that all bourbons come from Kentucky. Yeah. That is a preconceived, we have that conversation all the time. more than any other. It happens all the time. You know, the only conversation we have more than that is that our torches are broke. <laughs> <laughs> so someone, someone sent me a message today and said, hey, uh, when you have a second, somebody that I know personally, I, I, I wanted to talk to you about um, an order. And my first thought was, who do I know that ordered something and are they dense enough to not read the product description? Yeah. 
Yeah. Because, and luckily it wasn't. It was completely unrelated to that. Unrelated. Was it's, it? it's immediately what my head went to. Yeah, it is. I mean, we get, it's daily. Daily. For those who don't know what we're talking about, our torches do not come with butane. We cannot legally ship butane. If you read the ad of the thing that you're buying, you will notice that we say it several times. Beginning, middle, and end. But people will still buy it and then complain that the torch is broke. Yeah. So, uh, so that is the only doing thing that. that's more. I don't know what else than, to say. Then the bourbon is only made in Kentucky. That's definitely a preconceived notion. Yeah. It's, um, it just has to fit the ABCs of bourbon, which we've talked about on at length several podcasts. So go back and check those out or Google it. We won't, uh, beat that dead horse to death here. Um, beat that dead horse to death. Beat that dead horse back to life. Yeah. Well, yeah, did I say beat the dead horse to death? Yeah. Well, I'm going to kill it twice. That's how much we're going to beat it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kill it. So many times we're not going to talk about that. I kill the ghost, too. Um, yeah, so some of these I thought were fun uh, because I, it, it made me re- wonder if people really think these things or if whoever wrote the article was just... Because I could have come up with 20 of these things on my own, but I was curious what's out there. Yeah, right? We should so, run through them because I'm going to bet that most people think these things. Okay, I'll run through them all really fast. Um, these are the ones that I got. And these are actually what they considered misky, oh, misky whiffs. Misky whiffs. Whiskey myths. Oh, insert, insert my bard. My <laughs> two uh, guys walk into a liquor store to rob it. And um, one guy picks up a bottle and he shows it to him and he goes, isn't this whiskey? And he goes, yeah, but not as whiskey as robbing a bank. <laughs> Oh, it's funny because he told the joke before the podcast, and then now we have the laughter button. Yeah, the crowd liked <sighs> it. All right, so such a good audience. Yeah, you guys are doing great. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Uh, can you, for being can here. you sit down in the back, please? Yeah, it's very distracting. <clears throat> um, put the, don't please don't chug the whiskey. It's or okay, keep that on. Don't 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 take that off. Don't take that off. Please. Okay, you can take one more off. We should do strip poker for the live audience. <laughs> All right, myth number one, the, the older the whiskey, the better. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, if you age a certain whiskey in a shitty barrel or it's shitty juice and that you age, it's going to be shitty when it comes out the end. So yep. the quality and how good a whiskey is going to be starts when it's distilled and in that early process. Uh, sure, uh, age certainly has a place in the process, but it's not the only determination of whether it's good whiskey. Most had, of your favorite whiskeys are under four years old. Guarantee well, it. Well, and, and that's because if it's your favorite, it means you've had it probably more than once and continue to drink it, which means it's readily available, which means it's mass produced, which means it can't afford to age it that yeah, long. Yeah, not age. So, uh, so there's no age statement on it. Correct. Yeah, correct. Uh, number two is the one that we just talked about. Uh, all bourbons have to come from Kentucky. That's not true. Uh, expensive whiskey trumps the cheap stuff. We talked about that earlier. Not yep. the case. Whiskey is a man's drink. We talked about this on another podcast where I... I sort of overheard a conversation between a lady ordering a whiskey neat yep. and the bartender sort of condescendingly telling her she couldn't handle that whiskey. Yep. And I don't even know what whiskey it was, but it just, it threw me for like the Lefroy 10. It probably was. It threw me <laughs> she, for, a, if, if a woman told me she wanted some Lefroy 10, I'd probably be like, listen, ma'am, let's start out with something. No, I'd just give it to her. Screw it. Well, here's if the you thing. you order Lefroy 20, if 10, somebody, you know if someone order. orders Lefroy 10 specifically by name. Yeah. That tells me they know exactly yeah. what they want. True that. Um, so, yeah. Preconceived notion. Number five, uh, making cocktails with good whiskey is a waste. Absolutely not. No. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, it makes it more expensive. That's all it does. Yeah, it makes it more, a more expensive cocktail, but 
you know, if it if the whiskey tastes good by itself or with on the rocks, it's going to taste good with a you know with a cocktail. Now you may be able to get away with using cheaper whiskey or bourbon and not it not being such an expensive drink. But well, that Jack Daniels barrel proof, I'll, I'll throw it on ice with a dash of Agnostora bitters in it. That's technically a cocktail. Um, you added something to it. Yeah, right? people would freak out, but it's I mean it's I think it's really good. Uh, myth number six: whiskey should only be sipped in the winter. Again, what? This is where I think someone was was really reaching. So, for what are you doing this summer? You chug it? Uh, yeah, exactly. Because I I'm not only drinking it in the winter. That's for damn sure. It should be chugged in the winter, sipped in the summer. That yeah, should, probably. That should be the rule. <laughs> uh, uh, never add anything to whiskey. I mean, I I, I mean, I just it's just silly. Yeah. It's just I don't know. It's dumb. Uh, and that was all the myths that came from that particular, uh, but some of these Shitty other preconceived journalists. notions that we've already talked about, uh, or covered in one way, shape or form. All rye is spicy. We know that's not the case. Uh, all bourbon is sweet. It's not true. All scotch is snobby. That's actually true. That is, um, that is a true one. That's not preconceived. That's um, just kidding. Some scotch is snobby, but it's not the scotch that's snobby. It's Typically, I think it's the asshole drinking it. It's some of the assholes drinking it. I definitely know people that only drink scotch, and I cannot talk to them. Do they drink blended scotch or only single malt scotch? Single malt from Space Height. I'm like, all right. All right, Sean Connery. Whatever you want to be. Oh, man. What's your pronoun? It's in my bio, bro. Yeah. Can't find it. Exactly. Yeah. Flavored whiskey is sugared swill. Uh, it's not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, it's not. It's not wrong. That's a. That's not a prejudice. That's just a fact. Yeah, and then this one is fun. Anything labeled single is better than blend. Anything blended. And this is a fun conversation we like to have because yeah, we've done this. 90, 80 to ninety percent of the whiskey you drink or buy is some is a blend. It's a blend. It's technically not a blend by the code, but it it is a blend. As long as it's from the same distiller, um, you can get away with it. Right. And then uh, the, the very last one, some of these were a little wonky. Yeah, a little weird. I won't get into them. But uh, the very last one was that locally produced craft whiskey is better. And the example was like people stating that a locally produced is better than any of that NGP crap out of Indiana. And then I often like to remind folks of some of their favorite things like uh, Whistle Pig Smoke or Wagon. Smoke Wagon or Angel's that is MGP Juice. Angel in Angel's yeah. Envy, and you can name a bunch more that are all distilled by yeah. MGP. There's a reason MGP is where they are in terms of uh, as a as a distiller and producer of whiskeys for other distillers or, or blenders or whatever. There's a reason they're at the top of the game. It's because they they make some good whiskeys. Um, so yeah, that's all I had for the whiskey stuff the uh i I wanted to just do it because i think this is fairly new but um angel's envy is actually um louisville distilling company which is a subsidiary of bacardi not mgp it's not mgp no i mean it might have you i think this article is wrong then i think it used to be but it's not okay well then thank you for correcting me now so we don't have to deal with it later yeah (laughs) somebody somebody will freak out oh um so this is our last podcast um without a guest for a while yeah we got a couple lined up for a few and i'm working on some other ones i'll tell you about in a minute nice next week we are um we're having the one the only chief mercer on which is the fire chief for jim beam distillery and we are very excited for this um i am very excited about it i 
his story. I've been trying. I want to do like a documentary on his on his story because it's really cool. You know, if you think about the first responder world and then mm-hmm. the whiskey world, and and there's an opportunity for those two things to be the same, sure. the same guy. But he's also, um, I, I think he's a master carpenter for Jim Bean, so he works in these rick houses as well, which makes him the perfect. I didn't know he was. He, that's what he did. Yeah, that's his, his. He does both jobs. So he's a carpenter. No, I knew he had a job for Jim Beam doing yeah. something in the rickhouse. I didn't know he was a master carpenter. That's yeah. really cool. That's what I'm saying. That's why the, it makes him perfect to be fire chief because he knows the ins and outs of these rickhouses. Not, not to like downplay any other jobs that happen at the rickhouse, but it's just you know, I don't. I don't think anybody saw it that way. Um, well, I'm just thinking like if someone listening to this who's a an, checks an, an electrician checks you know, the for tickets when you walk like, in. What about me? Yeah, you can't <laughs> even come in here unless you buy a ticket for me. I'm more important right. than but, uh, but yeah. you are correct in that as a master carpenter uh, involved in maintaining, I assume, the carpentry and all the stuff throughout these these I would houses, guess that's what a master carpenter um, does. That he has probably more more intimate knowledge of those buildings than just about anybody. So you're yeah. right. It makes it makes a perfect person to yes. be a chief of of a fire department and head up training and head up, you know, I don't know. I, I purposely haven't asked him a lot of questions because yeah. I want to, I want to be Those genuinely yeah. um, involved in the conversation with him because I want to learn a lot. And yeah. I think he can, he can talk a lot. A lot of times when I have like little thoughts about, <clears throat> for instance, the barrels that we get, sometimes they're marked up with chalk. Yeah. And I just, I was like, this has got to be a cool story, whatever this is. And, right. and I'm going to make I a remember. post. And, yeah. And I reached out to him. I was like, Hey chief, if I talk to him about whiskey stuff, I call him Chief. If I talk to him about just like pictures or whatever, I call him Kevin. But um, so I was like, "Hey, Chief, what are these markings for?" And he's like, "You're going to be really disappointed." <laughs> he's like, "It's just that's the guy that touched it. He's got a pink chalk. So when he moved the barrel, he just swipes it with a pink chalk." And I was like, "Damn! I thought it meant like this is from the third floor, or it was yeah. just five years old. This one's two years old." But no. It's, it's just a way to show kind of chain of custody. Yeah, chain of custody who touched it. Yeah. Which I guess is cool. It's just not as cool as I thought. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, there's probably a lot of that. Then the next one, we're going to have uh, Colton from Palo Bourbon. Yeah, round two. For uh, Yeah, round two. We're going to talk Heaven Hill. I told him he, he better freshen up his knowledge. Talk specifically about Heaven Hill and Heaven Hill products? Yep. Okay. That's the plan. All right. Because um, he's a Heaven Hill nut. Yeah. And he's going to have a bunch of good stuff for us for, to taste. To try Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I want to get some pictures. Like, I want to shoot him a message or whatever and get a f- an idea of, like, where he wants to do the podcast, um, like, setup-wise. Uh, depending on where, where we're at, I may. Is it just going to be us three? Or you mentioned a fourth person. It's us three and then Kyle, um, our Stig. Oh, yeah. He's going to come. Because I got a, a whiskey tasting that you're going to be part of, so I can't tell you. But okay, it's um, I'm going to trick you all. That's what I'm going to do. Sweet. But it's, it's going to be four bourbons and i want to see what you think is the best because i've already done it um me and the neighbor did it one night what do you think about the last whiskey tastes funny because it's arsenic yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's not the right kind of laughter there was coffee in it Mm. no uh yeah yeah it's gonna be so much fun (laughs) what are you doing the rest of the day (laughs) um let's see Oh, night market! I put us in. Oh yeah, for the Let's night talk market. About that. I'm excited about that, man. Um, I thought uh, through some of the conversations we had that there were folks in the market that were just interested in selling our stuff, and that we were just yeah. going to go through there. And in the back of my mind, the whole time, I kept thinking to myself, 
these other people are so interested and think they can sell our products in the market, then why don't we just get in the market? Yeah, because my thought on that was it'd be nice to let someone else do it because that's a time commitment to go to the night market. Because if you you have to go, like if we decide we're not going to go this weekend, yeah, you know they're they're we're out. So oh really? Yeah, this is a job. This is a commitment. So it's wow. Okay, um, it's a pain. Do it, but um, you know. I think it's the next step. Nobody, and it, and it, nobody especially grows now with the summer the coming and, and spring, it's, you know, it's about to start getting busy. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be cool to be in the downtown Charleston market. Um, if anybody's ever been to Charleston, the market street where they have the, I don't know how long it is. It's probably like a half mile market, indoor, outdoor market. Yeah. It's, but, um, I mean, it's historical. It's, well, we'll get into the history of it. It's kind of a little shameful for, <laughs> Yeah, it used to be a slave market. Yeah, I, mean, it, I mean, that's how old it is, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean but. the the front part, the the main part, used to be where where um, that would take place, um, and then over the years they've added to to it. So you walk in the front entrance, and it's basically just a giant long hallway, and then occasionally there's a door you you leave, you yeah. cross a short street, and then you go into the next building. And like you said, it's about a half or a quarter of a mile. Yeah, um, all and outside, as you hot. Yeah, well, parts of it are outside, and then there's the one part that's inside. Yeah, like all the candy and stuff is inside. Yeah, there's some candy shops and some really high-end, like, hat shops and little boutique stuff that have the inside shops. But those places, those are, like, like stores. Like, those are stores. Like, they're there, like, you know, 8 to to 7 or whatever every day, uh, Monday through Friday or whatever. But the outside market is where merchants just come and set stuff up. Yeah, and what's Um, cool about it is reading their list of things. They're like, all right, these these things – we don't need any more of. So oh, really? if you do these things, you're not getting it. Thanks, but no thanks. And um, yeah. and the list was actually pretty long because I, I read, obviously I read everything just to make sure we were yeah. good. Because um, I didn't want to submit an application and they'd be like, what did we say? Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of them, like sweetgrass baskets, for instance. No more of that. Uh, CBD. Yeah, lots of that. Don't come yeah. in there selling CBD. Like there's just, if you know, all the things that you would expect to see at a flea market or, right. you know, wherever. So they, they really want craft boutique things. And part of the application was tell us from first to last step how you make your products. No kidding. So, yeah, I, I mean, I spent a lot of time writing this, but I wrote oh, man, up. Sure, let me know. I could have helped. That's all right. I wrote up, um, you know, sourcing barrels from distilleries in Kentucky and their whiskey yeah. barrels and bourbon barrels, brand names you would know, but we're not licensed to say. Sure. Um, like Maker's Mark and Jim Beam, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, um, Heaven Hill and whatever. So I went down the list and I was like, we bring, we bring them home. We break these barrels down. We dry them out and we get the wood and we cut them into whatever the final shape is going to be. And then they're, you know, cleaned and routed and some pieces are stained and sanding and finishing and packaging and, and tying little pretty bows and branding. And um, we can make furniture. I was like the, the list of products that I submitted was kind of just some of the, it was like four or five of the things that we make yeah. already. And then I also mentioned these lamps here beside me sure. and chairs and flower pots, um, you know, the little cut yeah, the barrel yeah. in half. Yeah. But like dog beds, I mean, we can make planters, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So I put in space for us to, because they have to approve products, but I basically said they are all handmade yeah. um, whiskey barrel staves that we've turned into something. Yeah. And the cool thing about, you know, I think we're going to, what we do is that what, what you've, what we've seen or what as, as a customer, what you've seen on the website or us, uh, highlight in our social media uh, it's just sort of the i guess you could say the beginning from our or the 
it's the stuff that's easy for us to ship. To, to make and ship really yeah. uh, because some of the stuff that we could make like some of the little furniture pieces or accessories are actually easier to make but they're just really difficult and costly to ship to the point that it it almost doesn't make it like these planters. You just you literally take a barrel, cut it in half, yeah. and now it's a planter. Right. But they're 120 pounds, so to ship yep. it. And I've seen people take do the same thing and cut a U shape in the front of it and put a little pad in there yeah. and make a dog make bed. A dog bed, yeah. Or or whatever else. There's all kinds of cool stuff we can do. And by being set up in the market, we have an opportunity to make a couple of those a week and have it to showcase when we get there. And yeah. maybe maybe this week we don't have dog beds, but check back next week, Sandy. Yep. If you come back, we'll have we'll have some here. Definitely Sandy, not Karen. No Karens. Yeah, I don't want Karens. It's um, actually surprising how many customers we have whose name is Karen. <laughs> it's a common name. Yeah. More so than I th- than I, I think now you just you recognize it because It must suck to have, to have been on the receiving end of that. Like yeah. you, you you had to have seen it just as we did like naturally yeah. happen. To where, like, you the name became a meme itself, and then you're just like, <sighs> Yeah, like, I, I didn't choose this. And you can never complain if your name's Karen, <laughs> like, you can't complain about anything ever. You're done, yeah, yeah. You but get a bunch of hair in your food, too bad, better eat it, enjoy it because you yep. can't be a Karen. Nope. Uh, um, I'm, 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 there was something else I was gonna bring up, and I forgot. We talked about both guests, um, I have a f- couple, maybe a few more lined up i just need to to talk with them and get it get, get it scheduled um product wise got the jig for do you want to announce the the wall piece that we're going to make is it ready it's not ready yet but i got the jig i just needed to, to run it through it'll it will it'll be why don't we save it for when it's on the site oh okay cool and then we'll yeah we'll do that I just want to push buttons, bro. I know, but I just don't see the point in uh, in advertising. And they're like, oh, let me go get one of those. Yeah, it's fine. Push the button. We just don't say what it is. Just building, you know. New product alert. New product alert. Animosity. Some animosity. Some animosity. Animosity. Some anticipation. God, I can't uh, use words today. That's all I was trying to do, you know. Just hit the button. Hit the button. New product alert. Uh, but we're not going to tell you what it is. So. Huh, gotcha. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is not going to get old. No, not at all. Hey. <laughs> There's this one girl at the end. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, f- uh, yeah. All right. So uh, I think that's all we were going to talk about this week. Um, yeah. Unless you got something else. That's all I had. I have some more stuff for deer, but it's all, you know, it yep. is what it is. It's boring. That is everything. Use code podcast. Get 20% off your next order. Father's Day is coming up. Yeah. Get At you. the point this is out, we will be in full Father's Day mode because Sunday is Mother's Day, and then yeah, that's the next big push. That's the next big push. Um, oh, we're on Amazon. We're selling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On Amazon. On we got Amazon. Three, uh, three orders so far, which is pretty good for... We have Amazon orders, really? Yeah. Nice. I've shipped three this week. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. You'll, um, you'll have to definitely like keep me. I didn't put us on handcraft yet, so once we're on handcraft, I think it'll okay. Because so I kind of lost in the weeds right now because I'm I'm only doing that five dollars a day, which yeah. I finally figured out how that works. Do you okay. know how this budgeting works for the ads? Uh, if it's if it's similar to Google, then yeah, I have an idea. It's by clicks. Yeah, so it's five. If I say five dollars a day, which I don't think we've been using. That's your budget. Yeah, but it won't ever go over it. So every click is like 35 cents. So it'll stay at the top, but if someone clicks it, it subtracts 35 cents. And it will do that until you hit $5. Right. 
So um, there are days where it'll hold over. So like I'm, you know, the first day if we use two dollars, then now you have seven rolls for the next, over. Yeah, which is really cool. And um, I might end up increasing the budget because yep. we may not ever use the yeah, full. That's fine. I'm gonna. Um, I'm still keeping an eye on the Google stuff. So the Google, uh, the Googs, the one that we have going for Google works similarly in that you have a budget for the day and it does, it's cost per click. Yeah. Um, I can't, you can do keywords, but I've got to figure out if I can do that through the one platform we're using or if I have to have to go straight through Google to do it. Um, so let me ask this, the more keywords, so for Amazon, the more keywords, the more, like it'll say, if you have 10 keywords and it's like 25 cents yeah. or 26 cents each up to $5. Gotcha. But if I were to increase the budget to like $20, uh-huh. then it would be like $1.50 for each keyword. Yeah. Um, so you can run through the allotted $1.50 for that keyword and it doesn't work anymore, which I think is crazy. It is crazy. So then you're supposed to put all your... Just well, I think dial, they don't want you to the, use so many keywords. that you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I think what I might do is up the budget and then use a shit ton of keywords and then figure out which, which keywords, keywords are working, working and, then and then put the... Get the, rid of the rest. Yeah, yeah. That's, so the, the Google thing, the reason I haven't brought it up or talked much about it is because they recommend running it for 30 days. Same. In order for it Etsy, to, all that to even... Basically, the article was like, before you even start looking at it and determining whether it's worth your time, let it run the full 30 days so that yep. the algorithm has time to figure out. Because what I was reading is that for the Google Shopping, which is different than Google AdWords, which is, I think, why I couldn't pick keywords, because AdWords and the Google Shopping are two different things. Yeah. Um, Google Shopping, what they do is they create an ad, and they put it in a bunch of different places where where Google's advertising is plugged into, and they look at where the interaction is coming from and change how they put your stuff out there based on user interaction. So they don't put it somewhere where it's not getting yeah. views. They only put it in it. In it I, I was like, well, you know, how do I know they're working, you know, doing the best thing? Well, because they, the, the more hits it gets, the more money they make. Right. So they, they are incentivized to have their algorithms put us in the best place possible. Um, so that's what it's doing is it's, you can pull up charts and I can show you on a computer if you want to look at it, but it shows you a breakdown of the day of the week, the time similar to insights on like Instagram, but way, way more in depth. Uh, It's really interesting the way it's working, but I don't have any control over keywords. It's just, it's the only thing. And this is good stuff too, for people that are starting their own company or want to start their own company and they don't understand how ads work. I mean, we, we don't have anyone holding our hand and teaching us. We're learning all this on our own. So it's, we're kind of figuring it out. So if you hear something and you've already been down this road, and you want to help us out, shoot us a message. But we're yeah. doing pretty good at figuring it out. I, we have one more product alert that will be up, I'm guessing, next week with the uh, so new product. Go ahead. Yes. yes. New product alert. We have um, Lightroom presets. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you want to take pictures like we take pictures, you can use uh, our Lightroom presets. I haven't decided on a price yet. Um but it'll come with 10 presets and they'll be kind of labeled as what they are. And they're what we use for editing in Lightroom. So you could throw a picture on instead of manually adjusting everything. You could just run through our presets and, and automatically it's kind of like throwing a Calvin filter on Instagram. Like you take a picture, you throw a filter on it. That's what the presets are for Lightroom. So if you use Lightroom, um, we're going to have some specifically targeted towards bottles. Um, probably some wood, um, wood like that. Nice. Yeah. So that'll be on soon. We've just got to get it configured, but it's uh, it's yeah, already 
It's all there. Just got to put it together. Presets basically. are done. Just yep. need, we need to figure out a way to sell it for you to download it online. Yeah, I can. We'll, we'll get that set up. Yep. Cool. Lickety split. Lickety split. Uh, I got nothing else to add, man. I am good as well. Cool. Happy Monday. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Yesterday. Belated Mother's Day to all you mothers out there listening to this. Yes. Keep being awesome. Keep being moms. And uh, have a good rest of your week, folks. Until next time. I'm Matt and signing off. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I want to press another button, but I'm not going to. That's just it. Just pick your favorite button. My favorite? Yeah. I really like the sad trombone. (laughs) It reminds me of cartoons. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) I'm good with it. Uh, All right, guys. Till next week. See you later. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.